0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. Today, we have one of the biggest creators on the planet, and that is Caleb Simpson. Caleb, welcome to the show, my friend. What's up, bro? How's it going? Going great. So I like to start some of these episodes off with a gift, and I saw you talk about the Truman Show movie on another podcast, so I got you a sealed VHS of The Truman Show, one of the greatest movies and one that set the stage for reality TV, which is something along the lines of the product that you put
1: out. So this is for you, my friend. Dude, that's the best gift ever. I cannot believe this just happened. I'm I'm so grateful right now that you just made my day.
0: <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, you got it, man. It's, it's one of my favorite movies as well. And when I heard you mention it on another podcast, I was like, that's the one. That's the got gift.
1: <laughs> that's a great um, gift. I, I love that.
0: You got it, man. So first things first, uh, what gets you
1: the most fired up? Like what gets you excited these days? What gets me excited these days? Um, You know, new ideas, new ideas that I want to develop or test out gets me most fired up. So I kind of have like a, a formula of things that I know that work online. So that's kind of just like I go in, I know I need to do these certain things, but then when I have an idea to build upon another idea or a different show concept, I'm like, "Oh, that would be really fun. Let's go test that out." That's great.
0: One of my favorite things about you is that you were in the social media game for so long before you found like the thing that you really like have honed in on and to be demolished for lack of a better term. Uh, you know, you were doing all, all sorts of different things. But was there ever a point uh, where you like you thought you had a format before the one that you're currently on, where you were like, this is the format? And when did like the sort of concept of formats being incredibly important hit you? Uh, that's
1: a great question. Um, I think... Hold on. I got to pause for a sec. Chris, I can hear the music i'm sorry yeah thanks um so formats so i i've had a few different formats online that especially tiktok that i've worked um within like the trend series uh whenever i saw a tiktok trend i would kind of take that trend and then try to 10x the idea as much as i could so the idea was kind of like let's take this trend and maybe put it in a new environment or add a new item inside of it. And I would just build upon this concept as long as I could think of ideas. Um, But that kind of became boring after a while. And then also within the photography videography world, I also did like, you know, stopping strangers in public or creating like um, creative photography tutorial ideas. And that was all like very much formatty. It was like, oh, stick with this, this within this format and it works. And I would get between like one and ten million views per video for these certain formats. I just didn't enjoy them that much. To be completely honest, so I became burnt out on the concepts. And I guess the, you know, the whole idea of formatting really, really hit me. Um, Maybe in like twenty twenty one. You know, I was doing it, but I wasn't. I was thinking like, oh, I have to do something else now. Like I can't keep doing this format. But when I started really thinking about YouTube or even TV shows or what like Logan Paul built or Casey Neistat built, it was like a format and they stuck within that format and they didn't go outside of that format. It was just a different type of video, you know, even movies and TV shows, it's all format. Totally.
0: And it's building a back catalog, sort of like an artist, right? Where, you know, if you find one thing that you love and you go to their page, there's a million things just like it or Seinfeld or any TV show or any artist. It's just like that in that same way. The the burnout point that you made is interesting because I was thinking about, you know, sort of the concept of formats and like a podcast is a format, you know, it's just, it's a long form format uh, that works and it's incredibly repeatable. How do you feel formats help or hurt the concept of burnout for creators? Do you think having a format you know, helps push burnout away, or does it bring it closer? What does it depend on?
1: I think it depends on your relationship with whatever you're creating, to be completely honest. Like if you are just making something to go viral and get views, and then you're stuck within this format, you'll probably burn out because you actually don't enjoy it that much. Um, So I think that's where the burnout leads to. So that'll happen either way if you don't really enjoy what you're making. So I think the key is, is to figure out like your values and what you care about and what you want your life or day experience to be, and then c- try to create a format around that because that's going to be your life like every day, like create within this format as your experience. Um, so I don't think the format leads to burnout or not. I think that all has to do with like the person and their experience towards whatever they're making. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Do you have, like, a moment for you when you landed on, uh, oh, I'm going to ask somebody what their rent is and then go into their apartment and film the whole process? Did you have a moment where, like, that hit you? Were you watching, like, MTV Cribs? Were you, like, doing another video on the street? What was, like, that moment for you?
1: Yeah, so it was kind of a, a collection of events up to that moment. There was this guy... Sean Rizwan, who has a TikTok account, where he's like, what are you listening to? He's always like, what are you listening to? And then they tell the song. He kind of formatted and started that. I was like, there's something to this format, but I don't know what it is. And then he made a YouTube video where he was like interviewing New Yorkers. And he was like, how much do you make a year? How much do you pay for rent? What's the most expensive thing in your home? And then he would ask them a few more questions, like, are you happy? And just like all that together. And it was going really viral. And I was like, I think there's something to this. Like, there's something to this. And I, like, rewatched that video, like, 20 times, I swear. Because I was like, there's something, like, in here, a hidden gem, and I'm missing it. And uh, then I went and tried filming some street interviews, um, and it didn't feel right. It didn't really work. And I was like, I want to see more. Like, I want to I wanna see more of this street interview in this person's life. So then it kind of led to like, oh, let me ask a New Yorker, what's their favorite pizza in New York, and then I'll go review it. That's like a two-step process. So then we get to hear the opinion and then have like me reviewing it and actually see the pizza and is it actually good. And that was going viral. I was like, oh, it's working like this format's working. And from there, I, w- I was like, well, I don't really want to scale pizza. Like, I don't want to eat pizza every day. I don't want to be Dave Portnoy. Like, I do pizza reviews with celebrities now, but it's, like, once a week. Like, I can eat pizza once a week, but I don't want to do it every day. And and my experience towards that wasn't that fun because I was just, like, asking a question and then going to a pizza shop by myself, filming by myself, talking to a camera by myself. Not that fun for me. Um, Yeah, so then I was just, like, watching Sean Rizwan's video again. And then I thought... Oh, dude, what if I asked to go in the home after he asked how much you pay for rent? It kind of clicked when he was like, what's the most expensive thing in your house? I was like, oh, what if I saw the thing in their house? Like, that would be kind of crazy. Uh, so then I just went out and tried it.
0: You you quite literally 10x the concept uh, yeah. of what's the most expensive thing in your house. I mean, it's it's exactly what you're saying.
1: Totally, totally. That's kind of like a through line rule that I've worked with for multiple years on socials like when I see an idea on social it's a proven concept I didn't have to go out and like try it all myself there's information there that the internet likes so then I'm like how can I 10x this idea what other things can I add into it or take away to make it better and bigger on social
0: what is uh your definition of a format working like at what point when somebody has a format and they're doing it Would you declare that a success?
1: Really interesting question. I would say when they post that format and like one out of three videos hits a million views on TikTok. So it might do like 100,000 views or it might do 500,000 views and then the third video always goes over a million. So when I'm looking at someone's account and they have like a format and then if that's kind of like how it's going, I'm like, okay, this is working but if it stays below like 100,000 views I'm like mm, I don't know if this is a winner.
0: Huh. That's that's a really interesting metric. I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed that the numbers were that high, but that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well I I've, I've been making content on TikTok since 2019 and I've gone through a lot of different formats, some that worked extremely high and extremely low. So, I've felt the virality of like hundreds of millions of views to like, you know, Ten views. So in my mind, I'm like, if the algorithm likes this format enough, it'll give it a million people. We'll see it. Yeah. We'll show people. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Um, how many formats do you think are out there just like in the depths of the ocean that, you know, could do 10 million plus views per video, like thousands of formats, tens of thousands of formats, millions of formats.
1: I, it's probably infinite, you know, because ultimately the way I look at it is it will, a format will be built. And if the person doesn't evolve with that format or show or series with the Internet, keep adding and building on top of it, so people don't get bored, then that will just it'll just die off, most likely. Then another one will take its place. So I think it's it's there's an infinite amount that can be created.
0: It's interesting. When I first heard you talk about the concept of formats, my mind was immediately like, oh, that's just the social media term for TV show. Um, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So the follow-up question to that is, do you think somebody can maintain multiple formats at once on like a consistent enough basis, which is probably once a day?
1: Once a day. Hmm. I think with, if you have the right team and structure set up for sure. So I have three formats right now where I do the pizza review show. I do like a cash cab dupe, which is like a game show and a Tesla, where I pick up people in New York and then the apartment tour show. Um, And I do the other two like once a week. And I do the apartment tours every day. Um, And I strictly do that because I know the apartment tours, like one of them could hit like 50 million views or a hundred million views versus I haven't seen that happen with the other two formats. They still do well, but, uh, it hasn't gotten that explosion, so I kind of think, in my own head, okay, if I was following Mr. Beast rule of, hey, maybe if you if you make one video a month that gets a hundred million views versus making a ten thousand or ten thousand videos or whatever you're posting ten times a day that sure. get, you know, ten thousand views, which one's better? Um, but uh, I mean, it's all commitment at the end of the day. Like if you're committed and driven and you have three formats that work and you want to put all those out I believe you can do it uh, I mo- I'm trying to model myself after like people who have done stuff like that like Ryan's Ryan Seacrest you know he'd have like six TV shows going at a time you know and uh, and he would be the guy dubbed in Hollywood do you sleep how, like how are you doing this you know or like Rob Deerdeck how he's created these systems to knock out so many TV show episodes in a year you know
0: sure at at what point to you and obviously you've done this in the past Like what, what is the point where you have to kill a format where it's like, okay, this isn't working. How long do you give it, you know, when
1: you have so many other ideas? Mm. I think it really depends on what your overall goal is. Um, What is your overarching goal within your career? Um, So for me, my overarching goal in my career is to host more and interview more. So host shows and interview. Uh, so I had a format where it was in Venice beach and, uh, this guy, Greg Sipes, who's an actor and voiceover actor was kind of like a reality TV show. We tried one episode where I like show up to his house and I was like, Hey, like, I don't have a place to stay. We did that apartment tour. Can I crash on your couch? And then these characters were coming in and then I was like going on a date that night and we're just like goofing off. It was like funny. It was like kind of calm. It was like a sketch comedy, but like also just like improv and it did well. And we wanted to make more but it didn't actually fit into my overarching goal of like interviewer and host. That was like more of a comedian style you know, format. So I think that's the most important thing is like, yes, it might be working, but is it actually contributing to your overarching goal of where you want your career to go? And then that is like a better idea of like, do I kill this or let it keep going?
0: That makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance. Like a guy that loves baseball probably shouldn't quit doing the baseball thing and go to basketball right? If his goal is to do stuff in baseball, that's, that's, uh, that's probably a a very appropriate uh, answer.
1: Yeah. Um, But I, but I think most people fall into the trap, which I have in the past too, of like, you're trying all you can try in social throwing everything at the wall and like something works. You're like, let me do this. Let me do this. It's working. It's working. It's working. It was working. But then you realize like, wait, this wasn't my goal all along. You know, this wasn't what I wanted to make. And then you kind of get stu- stuck in this little paradox.
0: Off of that, uh, because there are a lot of people, and myself sometimes am included in, in this category, is you like to do a, lo- a lot of different things, but maybe you are better off doing you know a couple of formats. Do you think people are leaving opportunity in the stuff that they are best at on the table by not following formats?
1: Yes. Yes, I think formats is the key. Uh, You know, everyone says, you know, they want you to be authentically you online. And they don't want you to be authentically you. They want you to be consistent. You know what I'm saying? So everyone's always like, I just want to be authentically myself. And I'm like, no one wants you to be authentically yourself. They want you to be consistent with what they see. You know? So I think that's the key. I think a lot of people get lost when they, like, start finding something that works. And they're like, oh, I want to talk about this or I want to do that. Or this is interesting to me, and like no one watches it, and they're like, "Why isn't it working?" I, th- I was trying to be authentically me. I'm like, "No, they want you to be consistent. Like they want to come back to the same show."
0: Sure, that makes sense. Uh, for your for your apartment tour series, do you have a favorite apartment that you've ever toured?
1: Favorite apartment I've ever toured trying to just think based off of like my own experience within it all uh initially in the very early stages there's this guy who lives in a laundromat um it's like a commercial space in queens new york and uh he kind of like built it out and it's still like a laundromat and an art space and a art studio and a music studio and Uh, It kind of like lives like that and he was just like an interesting guy and it's like for the community So the doors always unlocked so like anyone can come in at any time in New York City And he was just a character and like that experience was like really fun for me Um, So I would say that's probably number one and then more recently uh, There was uh, this girl that toured her home in Tokyo Japan and it was just like such a fun unique experience We just like really hit it off and just like had it was just a nice experience to be honest Yeah
0: that's awesome. So, so I, I told two friends that you were coming on the podcast, and one of the questions from one of those friends was, you know, if when people are complaining about, like, something seeming staged, how much do you care? And, you know, how do you try to please as many people as possible while delivering the best content in that format?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I think at the very beginning, uh I was like, "You don't get it like if every day if I go out and try to like get someone on the street, it's gonna take up so much time and yada, 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 this is like all going through my head and then um you know, it's not all of it's like completely staged sometimes I still just like stop people in the street and uh, go to where their homes um, but then people still say, "Oh, that one was staged, you know." So I just let it go. I honestly, at this point, I just like realized like, these are just internet trolls that probably aren't like building anything. And the fact is, is that all you have to do is I try to go collectively into the comments and see what the overarching theme is of what people are saying overall, like positive, good, bad, we'd rather have this, or we'd rather have that. And then if there's some good information there, I'll like take that and try to apply it. For example, everyone was like, why don't you ask them what they do for a living? you know, and I was like, well, I don't want to take up any more seconds in the video asking that question, so I'll put it in the caption, and then people still comment, what do they do for a living, why didn't you ask them, and I'm like, it's in the caption, like, if you just read it, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, uh, really, like, I, I went back to saying, like, people want consistency, so people, when they see that intro, they know it's my video, and they know what's about to happen, so, that's just what it is. Gotcha, Cool.
0: Uh, yeah, there's this age-old saying where it's like nobody that's doing more than you will ever be hating on you, uh, and I think <laughs> I think that stands very true in uh, in content. Um, totally. You know, people who are like creators don't hate on creators. Like I haven't really seen that ever um, because they know you know the effort and work that goes into it, and that there's going to be every reaction under the sun regardless. Um, I-, I wanted to ask, do you think short form is like a phase of like five years because of the rise of TikTok. Do you think short form is a gateway to long form? What is sort of your perspective on how you're thinking about,
1: you know, the format really of short video? Mm. I believe as long as the platforms are still pushing the short form content and trying to outcompete themselves in the short form content realm, then it will be the winner of all formats, which is what they are doing currently. That's They're all fighting over the attention for short form content. So as long as that continues to happen, I think it outperforms and outwins YouTube, long form content, movies, TV shows, all of it, because that's where everybody is watching. Um, that's like a big conversation I have with a lot of my friends or people launching YouTube channels where they're like, should we do this long form YouTube? And I'm like, no, shoot it 10 minutes, TikTok vertical. Like that's where it's going. Like that's how everyone consumes their content like that now. So like why stray away? And if for some reason it switches back, just switch back, you know, that's very interesting. Um,
0: you know, I feel like from being in the social game for a while, you know, like you have, Uh, You know, obviously Vine failed because they couldn't get advertisements on a six second video. Right. You know, would have blocked things up too much. TikTok came around and figured that model out a lot better. You know, their ad model has gotten better for advertisers, which has increased both the dollars and the ability to keep the platform operational. They make tens of billions of dollars annually. Right. Um, You are one of the rare few, to my knowledge, that has been able to monetize well, based on what I've heard you say, you know, your short form videos, both, you know, separate from the AdSense, which you get a lot of just because of the magnitude of views that you're getting, um, but also, you know, sort of other brand integrations. Whereas, like, oftentimes I hear people and have talked to people who are, you know, getting tens of millions of views, short form video, and, you know, aren't making anything from it. Why do you think you've been able to do it well? And what would that advice be to other short form creators on how to actually monetize something that has been traditionally very difficult to
1: monetize? Mm. Great question. So through my experience, I've made a bunch of content that wasn't uh, brand safe, really. So whenever you're trying to create a series or create content, you need to be created from the perspective of what our brands willing to advertise on. If you're a prankster, or if you're, I don't know, vul, uh, vulgar, v- v- what's that? How do I say that word? Vulgar, vulgar. That's the word I'm looking for. Vulgar. You know, you curse yeah, a lot in your, yeah, yeah, vulgar. <laughs> if you curse a lot in your videos, um, you know, brands just aren't going to want to advertise with you, and that's just the reality of it. Are you safe to advertise with, or are you not safe to advertise with? And then on the other side of it, um, it's kind of like, uh, there's like a bunch of just like vultures out there. It's like the wild, wild west with like brand deals and people trying to lowball you and like not knowing your value. Um, and these are all just like hard lessons you have to learn. Like I said no to so many brand dollars initially, you know, cause I was like, I know I'm worth way more than that. Like if I start taking this, you know, I'm just going to like lower my my brand value, which I don't want to do at all. Um, and then on the other side of it, you have to like meet the right people, uh, connect with the right brands, build their relationships, build that trust, show your value. So it's not as simple as like, my video gets 10 million views. I deserve 50 grand for this video or I deserve 100 grand for this video. I wish it was that simple, but it's just not. Interesting.
0: Now, in terms of like the brand friendly safe side of things is that is that like when you're thinking of a new format is that step one like before you even like think about piloting a format or how do you think about like what is what is the order before you actually go out and film it and put it out there and see if it works
1: yeah for me the order is uh what's the goal with the format So for example, the pizza review show, the whole goal for me is like any celebrity that doesn't want to tour their, show their address or like have that, oh, what if someone figures out where I live? They have another option to make a video with me. Pizza review show. That's the whole reason behind all that. Um, If I were to start making content from scratch again right now, I would start researching each industry, which one pays the most. You know, if I was a mom, I would definitely be making mom content for kids because I mean, I know people on Instagram that have 100,000 followers making 300 grand a year because they're in the right market. And then they're just like making like mommy and me comment uh, content and packing my lunches and like yada, yada, yada. And then we as consumers look at that thinking, this is ridiculous. Why is this woman doing this? But from a brand marketing side, she's like, I'm making 300 grand a year to, you know, make a little bit of content. And I think that's where you should start from is like researching the markets where the brand dollars are and then thinking, then you go research who's making content within those markets. And then you think, how can I do it better than these people and go collect the money instead of them collecting the money? You know, how do I get the brand Mm -hmm. dollars? Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure that'll help some
0: folks. Um, when you, you obviously are, you know, leading your sector for short-form video, so you spent a lot of time thinking about this, which platform would you rather have 10 million followers on?
1: That's simple. YouTube. I'd rather have 10 million followers on YouTube.
0: So, you know, therefore, the follow-up question to that is, are followers and subscribers just a vanity metric for short form video because the platforms will push a video that has super high retention and watch time regardless of your following or how do you think about like follower count on across multiple platforms versus like the actual value of them
1: mm. I think they both are important you know a brand looks at your account if a brand looks at an account that's doing the exact same numbers I'm doing and they have 100,000 followers and I have 2 million on my YouTube, they're gonna pick me and say, oh, he has 2 million subscribers They do the same amount of views when I do quite a bit of views, you know? Um, it's, it's almost harder to convince a brand like when in the early stages, like, hey, I'm doing all these views and then they're like, well, you don't have that many subscribers and you probably have only been doing this for five months because you don't have that many subscribers you know so i think it's important i think if you strip all that away yes of course the value you're bringing and you are bringing the same amount of views and attention um and holding you know retention on videos and stuff but uh you know people like to see that number at the end of the day and it does help it does help a lot
0: for you have some videos on youtube that have like 50 or 60 million views Is there something that you personally can point to in those videos where you're like, that's why it got 60 million and not 10 million? Is that true every time? And if so, what is that?
1: (laughs) It's not true every time, but there are certain things within the videos I create that I know will go quite viral. For example, um, I think the video 60 million views, it was just such... uh, an interesting video like the person it was a girl she lives in a van a pink van uh in Brooklyn New York she was staying and it was like an untraditional character living in a van in New York City which is considered like maybe a dangerous place and there was just like a three little things a lot of people would just question and be like why is this happening oh my god did you see this um so I think that's why that video went so viral but um from what I've seen within my own videos, you know, like uh, an extreme, the extremes always do well, like a huge mansion or, you know, somebody living in, in their truck, pop-up truck tent oh, that's in their bed, you know, people are interested with that stuff. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Also, just like understanding like what people will comment in videos and why, you know, they might share it or not share it is also important. Um, and those are like minute details, but as you post more videos, you'll kind of, and read the comments, you'll like start seeing through lines of what people care to comment about and care to share. Gotcha.
0: Cool. Um, when you think about, you know, putting out, you talked about this earlier in the podcast, uh, you know, quantity versus quality and putting them out every day. And, you know, my question off of that is how do you consider how much time to spend on each video? And is it sometimes a lot more or a lot less? And if you don't like, you know, if you aren't ecstatic about it, will you go like do another one instead? How do you think about, you know, sort of time spent on videos, quality versus quantity with short
1: form? So since I make a video every day, um, I just base it off of getting it done. To be completely honest. I just like have my format and like I just try not to question myself in the edit. Sometimes I'm like this video might not be as good as yesterday's video but it's good enough. I know it's gonna do numbers so let's just like export it and post it. Um, That's kind of where I'm at in the process. I think earlier on in my career I might like question things a lot more instead of trusting myself. Um, And when it comes to like editing a video you know like I can do it in 30 30 minutes, but I'll give myself an hour and a half based off of, like, how I'm feeling, how fast I can get into flow state, or how much time I have. Um, And that's kind of it. Like, I'm just, like, I'll give myself this window of time, get it done between this window of time, and then upload it.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's like uh writing your school essay the day before it's due. No matter what happens, no matter how much time you're given, you're going to get it done and you're going to do a pretty good job probably.
1: Yeah, yeah. And as you keep doing it over and over and every day and every day and every day and every day for, you know, years, it's you're going to find a flow within it. And like uh you know, sometimes I think a video might hit and then sometimes I think it might not, but to be honest, like what all you have to you got to keep clicking upload. Like I'll see a video go and it's like, okay, that one did ten million views, sick, I'm gonna make one tomorrow. This one did three hundred K views in a day. Okay, sick, I'm gonna make one tomorrow. It's fine, you know? So I think like just knowing I'm gonna make one tomorrow, I don't really get caught up in the numbers that much anymore. Just like I'm gonna make one tomorrow, let's keep going, you know.
0: Well, I I think you know, something that probably helps, you know, newer creators as well is like the T V show concept, right? Like when, you know you're making a TV show, you don't, you have to consider that somebody might be watching it 10, 20, 30 years from now. So it's hard to judge, you know, the entirety of the performance in that first moment because, I mean, I've seen this like on on Hoops Nation platforms, which is one of my companies, you know, like, well, if we put out a video, you know, it got 50 million views or or whatever, you know, right after a video that flopped, uh, you know, that video that flopped is going to get a nice little notch up there. No matter how bad it is. So there's definitely an an element of that as well that I think is probably underrated in terms of like self-confidence for a flop.
1: Totally. Yeah, that's that's really, really good point. If you have a video pop off, it kind of brings up all the other ones because you have so much more traffic to your page. Um, And per your point about a a TV show and a video living on and people going and and watching old episodes, I still don't know... what's going to happen like within the short form content realm. That's probably the only argument versus like long form versus short form is like a shelf life of a video of a short form video. What is that? You know, versus like YouTube, you know, you, a video might be playing for 10 years, you know, a long form video, I should say.
0: You can always re upload your short video though. So that would be my (laughs) counter. That would be my counterpoint to your counterpoint. You know, I'm sure. 90% 90% of your audience hasn't seen some of your best videos
1: very good point very good point because you're always sitting that for you page you know
0: yeah I realized I realized that uh, you know something that we we've been doing on hoops nation for a very long time is like once a year we'll repost all the best stuff and nobody says a word ever <laughs> you know I even personally like I do a lot of collectibles content and I'll repost my best stuff all the time on different platforms and like mix it up, you know, and very rarely do people <laughs> say anything because it's good content. Like I, I don't complain when the Drake song that I've heard 200 times is on the radio. Why would I complain seeing a LeBron James game worn Jersey, you know, yeah. as a, right. as a collectible, I, that, that's sort of my perspective on it. Um, and that's uh, why I believe so strongly in, in shelf life. and, why I love podcasts so much because podcasts oh my god people listen to podcasts 10 20 30 years it's just the interview format
1: totally yeah that's a very good point you just made and uh, something funny that uh me and my group of friends will always do like let's say like YouTube shorts you know monetizes their content then they're like every video going forward is going to be monetized so me and all of my friends text each other and we're like Let's all go repost all our like most viral videos like in one day. Let's post like thirty videos today, <laughs> you know, just to like try to take in as much of that income immediately as possible. Which is funny. Um, yeah, I I definitely do that sometimes as well.
0: <laughs> it's pretty. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm so curious like how YouTube's gonna evolve and like their de- that ad model is definitely gonna improve for short form. It has to. They have, I mean, they're a trillion-dollar company. They're one of five trillion-dollar companies in the U.S. They're working on AI. If they don't figure it out, AI will. Uh, There has to be a model that works where it's not, like, pennies on the dollar compared to long-form. I mean, what do you think about that?
1: Totally. I mean, a lot of people are getting a little overexcited about, like, YouTube Shorts monetization, where it's like, you know, I'll get a video that has, like, 15 million views and make, like, 600 bucks, like, 700 bucks which is still six 700 bucks, but also, like, who's gonna be able to do that consistently? Not many people, and you're like, wow, that's, like, a lot of views and, like, not much money, so, um, I mean, it's, I think it's disheartening for a lot of creators and people out there who are just trying to, like, oh, what am I doing? Oh, I want to get paid, and I'm not really getting paid anything, so, um, I don't know. I think something ultimately will be solved, but, uh, how I look at it at this moment in time is like any money made from AdSense does not exist to me. You know, I'm like, it's all about getting like the big brand deals, the big like brand promotions. So,
0: And that, and that comes from what you talked about, which is being brand friendly, figuring out a format and building it up to a point. Well, also, you know, being unique. Like there are a lot of people doing man in the street interviews So therefore there's going to be a lot of opportunity for brands to undercut from one creator to the next, but you are the biggest. And, you know, while there may be copycats, you know, I can't name any of them. So therefore that makes you the only person doing what you're doing, um, you know, to, to the mass. So, you know, that's definitely a, probably a factor as well. Uh, If you were like, if you're the biggest in the sector that you're doing it, like if I, if I love collectibles and I'm the biggest in collectibles, or if I love fine art and I'm the biggest in fine art, it's a total differentiator from a brand's perspective. I imagine I'm sure I'm sure you've seen that.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's also a really good point. Um, yeah. Also, I was thinking about uh, like brand dollars on YouTube. You know, like also another thing when you're making your YouTube channel, like based on what niche you're in is like what your AdSense is gonna be. So like my AdSense on like apartment tours, even for long form isn't even that high. Um, versus like a, you know, finance channel, like their CPM could be up to $70 per like thousand use. Yeah, like so I mean- Finance it,
0: cars and like science or so some niches are just insane.
1: Yeah, totally. So that's like other other things you should take into consideration whenever you're making your content. That's really valuable.
0: Well, Caleb, we're we're all rooting for you. You're welcome back anytime. I'm gonna get this uh shipped out to you. Truman Show, sealed VHS. And uh Yeah I'm I'm, I'm excited to see I'm excited to see what you do and build next and, and to watch these formats keep growing.
1: Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me
0: on Buster. All right. See everybody next time. Peace.